this is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com. And many of you know that I am a practicing professional astrologer. That's what I do, and I have written a number of books on astrology as well. But I was just impacted late yesterday and this morning uh, about this idea, about the reluctant astrologer. Um, I've often called myself the reluctant astrologer because I've had doubts in many different ways, and I want to share that with you today, and I, I think you're going to find it interesting. And if you do, please go to Apple Podcasts and, you know, let me know what you think. You Right, uh, I'd love to get a little feedback from you, or if you find that this podcast would be interesting for somebody you know who might be studying astrology or another astrologer, uh, pass it on. All right, well, let's do it. Let's, let's have a listen. Hello again, and this is Elizabeth Spring from NorthNodeAstrology.com. I just wrote an article that I want to read to you, and I think it's an important one for now. And it's important, perhaps, for other astrologers, too. And for all you listeners out there. Okay. Uh, I've often called myself the reluctant astrologer because I've had doubts. Not that astrology doesn't work. It does. Not that I believe astrology doesn't help people. I know it does, and it helps me. But there are a few peculiar things about astrology that few astrologers talk about. It has to do with fear, reluctance, and truth-telling. Let me try to explain. When I initially began my astrological studies, I was a bit of a skeptic, but I soon found out two things. The first is that it simply works. Ask anyone who has had a reading for the first time. When an astrologer first reads your chart, you can only wonder how they know so much. How did the astrologer know that you love antiques and old homes, that you're considering, perhaps, a career in real estate? Or they see you have Mars squaring your moon in your birth chart, and they start talking about irritation with the mother. And yes, you can relate to that. And when we begin studying astrology, we soon learn that it's not based on any woo-woo vibrations of the planets, but on a synchronistic language of the soul that Carl Jung was the first one to recognize. It takes a certain leap of faith to move from skepticism to accepting the concept of synchronicity as being the basis for astrological truth. But once synchronicity is experienced in any way, the leap is very logical. Acceptance of this isn't from theorizing, but from one's experience. When an outer event in the world correlates with an intense inner event, such as a clock stopping at the exact moment of your father's death, it's called synchronicity. Or simply thinking about a long-lost friend and having them call at that very moment, that's a moment of synchronicity. And this wink from the eye of God turns reluctant skeptics into inquiring minds. And then, as you venture into learning more astrology, 
you see a correlation between one's life and the transiting planets. You look at your chart and ponder what's happening in your life, and you see certain patterns. You see one kind of emotional weather pattern when transiting Saturn conjoins your sun sign. Perhaps it's constriction, focus, or repetition, and you feel a very different kind of emotional weather pattern when transiting Jupiter conjoins your sun sign. Perhaps expansiveness and a desire to have friends over for dinner and to eat or drink too much. We may find that Jupiterian expansiveness can easily lead into too muchness of any good thing. But the other reluctance I have has to do with fear. Let's be clear. There are two expressions of every planet, sign, and aspect in the chart, the higher expression and the lower expression. I like to call these octaves because we can play these octaves out from one extreme to the other and everything in between. Astrologers look at their own charts and can see all the negative potential there. It's hard to be objective with oneself, and yet so easy to talk to a client about their chart. You talk about the higher and lower octaves of the challenging Saturn conjuncting the Sun aspect and balance it, but you don't talk to them about the lowest octaves of possible depression, isolation, or fear. That wouldn't be good coaching for an astrology reading unless you can balance it carefully with the full positive potential of the transiting climate. And we do that, mostly with other people. It's not so easily done with ourselves, and not so readily done when we're looking at a cultural phenomena such as COVID-19. Yes, we all saw the transit of Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter coming, but most of us didn't allow ourselves to envision the pandemic of fear that it created nor its potential for changing our culture in so many ways, we have yet to see the higher octave for change from this trio of planets that they have created with their retrograde motion. But I think it's there. Retrogrades create an atmosphere for reflection and review, and we can now see new opportunities to change our educational and political systems our response still remains to be seen. The most important thing I'm trying to say here is that I feel we constantly have the opportunity to look at life and situations through the lens of hope, love, and learning, or through a contractive, fearful lens. And if I, as an astrologer, take away my client's positive mode or sense of free will in any given situation, I've done a disservice. I would be spreading more unhappiness, and that's why I'm sometimes reluctant. I don't think that coloring the future with any kind of definitive prediction is a good thing. We are only like weather forecasters sometimes, and I know that spreading any fear is definitely not helpful. So I try to express the full potential of any situation and then encourage my client to express themselves through the higher octave, some would call that, through the lens of love. We are being asked to be truth-tellers but we're learning that truth needs to come out without too many spins on it. Just like fake news, astrology can paint the world either too rosy or too dark. 
I see some astrologers are acting like the news anchors on television. They're milking the fear as far as they can. Whether in the public sphere or private, I believe we need to think more about the effect of our words. We create a future in how we tell our stories. And we have to be very good readers of the full potential of a client's chart before we venture into prediction, and even more so with ourselves and with the world. Fear can be like a virus. We must contain it. Reluctance can be a good thing. I'm proceeding, but with caution. So that's a piece that just kind of spontaneously came out of me late yesterday and early this morning. So I'm sharing it with you just now on this podcast. And I hope if you have any friends or anybody that you know who might get some benefit from that, I hope you'll point this podcast to them. Or if you liked it, I hope maybe you'll put a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or give me a like for it. That would be fantastic. Um, I'm trying to see if these podcasts really are helpful for you folks. So I've also put this uh, uh, on my website, which is northnodeastrology.com. It's uh, under the page called The Reluctant Astrologer, and it is on my Facebook page for Elizabeth Spring for today. And I want to thank you for coming by, and please share or leave a comment or a review if you feel like it. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.